Welcome, dear listener, to the 12 Days of Crumbie. Tonight, we should be looking at Fat Man. Welcome, dear listener, to the 12 Days of Crombie. I am Hugh. You think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly. And I'm Dr. James Evans Esquire. I've come for your head, fat man. Basically, we chose the quotes from the same scene, didn't we? It's <laughs> <laughs> good scene. Uh, so, yes, so uh, it's, it's, we should reiterate this is still a Christmas film. Um, it is, absolutely. Like, you may it not is. have heard of it, um, but yeah, it's, it's your. <laughs> Why would why would why would you watch a film called Fat Man and assume it's a Christmas film? <laughs> Indeed, and, and again, um, looking at the poster, also not obvious. Um, <laughs> no, it isn't, uh, is it? And in uh, a, a 2020 movie starring uh, Mel Gibson, yeah, um, yeah, they're called Fat Man, but it is nonetheless a Christmas film and can stand therefore stride. It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> so, Indeed, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is within the canon, isn't it? Indeed. So uh, we'll begin with our, our quick rattle through it. It's uh, it's not quite the um, the Christmas Carol, so we need a bit more explanation. Um, mm. But we begin. Um, well, actually, we don't begin on Fat Man at all. We begin on a, a little, um, a, quite a preppy-looking boy um, who's giving off yeah. big. Um, Was it? Uh, Big Patrick Bateman energy. He really yeah. wants to win the school science prize. Uh, he's, he's like his blazer constantly. He's got all his blue ribbon badges that he's won previously. He wants to win the science prize, but he only comes second. So he um he uses the family money to hire a hitman to put the frighteners on the girl who came first to say, admit you cheated, and therefore I shall win, which happens. So he's established hitman played he is, by Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. We will probably let him descend on Walton Goggins again. Yes. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, so uh, we, we know that he is both. Uh, basically evil this little boy and mm. and has access to money and a hitman uh, because yeah. uh, when christmas comes round um well we'll see what happens he's uh, he's given a lump of coal um yeah. his hitman's is, on the payroll isn't it isn't yeah. it yeah which is he's given yeah he's given a lump of coal yeah. which i don't know if this is a big thing in the uk but in america the lump of coal means you've been a bad child and the present means you've been a good one well, i mean in, in this see, country here's the thing. In, in the uk you you get in your stocking you'd get a lump of coal not because you've been naughty, but because it was supposed to, you put it on the fire. It's yeah, a good warmth. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Apparently, this is not a good thing, though, in, a, in, a, no. in American society, um, where there's lots of coal, I imagine. Um, anyway, so after, after that's kind of established as the, as the B-plot, we come on to uh, a, a rugged old man named Chris, um, who lives in remote Alaska with his wife, Ruth. Um, and we can probably just jump to it. He is Santa Claus, and it's not even given as a big reveal. It's no, it kind of it's, it? it's, it's eked out in the fact of you know first he's a he's a he's a curmudgeonly old guy that has a lot of post, and then he you know he, yeah. he's 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 got a job to do and he's he's a bit grumpy about all this kind of stuff, and then. But without much preamble, it's like, no, he's going out because he's Santa. He's got a naughty, nice list and away yeah. we go. And, but so, it's, it's more it's more than that, isn't it? So it, although it, it's it's not a reveal that he is Santa Claus, he is yeah. just presented as Santa Claus. But he, and this is perhaps the kind of science fiction element of the film. He is in a society, in a world where everybody knows he is Santa Claus, Claus or, or at least no, he's no, the, one the, of the, a number of Santa Clauses. I know it's because the, you know, the government know he's Santa Claus. That's the thing. Uh, is, is that um, what it is? Yeah. Yeah. But, so, uh, but it's so, not a secret, is it necessarily? No, well, it's not open. Not everyone knows that. Um, he's yeah. like, he's in remote Alaska and people don't have his address. But yes, the, um, yeah, I suppose it's the fact that uh, we also see this, this assassin, um, 
who uh, is purchasing uh, at the very beginning, he's purchasing a Santa Claus toy. Um, yeah. He's a baseball bat. And basically this guy collects Santa Claus memorabilia or, or presents Santa Claus has given people. And it's got a little brass plate saying made in Santa's workshop. So yeah. this is clearly accepted as this is a thing. It's the truth. Um, so, it? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no evidence of he's not real. Like he is real. He gives presents. If you're naughty, he gives yeah. coal. This is what it is. Um, and so this, this is kind of about the, belief, this film. <laughs> This, this film is not about, you know, it's about the reality. And the reality is hitting Chris yeah. very hard because actually um, the, the government know about him and they give him like a stimulus check in the same way that maybe a farmer would get a stimulus check. Mm. Because, he, because Chris he, only, he stimulates the economy, doesn't he? You know, he's one of the biggest uh, economic drivers on earth. He's lamenting that, that it's like a trillion dollar industry Christmas and he, he gets a tiny stipend <laughs> yeah. to keep going. Um, and in fact, he doesn't even get marketing rights over his image. Um but he's he gets paid um, for all the all the presents that are delivered. But of course, if children are naughty, they only get mm. coal, so they don't get paid. And the problem is more children are being naughty, so less presents are going out. So even though Chris's overheads and elves and, and presents are still the same, what he what he gets from the government is less. So he is actually a struggling, you know, um, farmer in the sense that he's he just <laughs> yeah, his, his his product is not his meeting toys. his demands. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and he and he's feeling this. this is not like a, it's not like a pesky thing. This is something like he they could close up shop because of this. So he's really struggling. And so he goes out at Christmas um, as usual, kind of like grabs the naughty nice list, puts a sack in the back, gets his coat on, and then strudges off to do his job. And yeah. that's it. We don't see him get in the in the sleigh no, and ride off. Know. He just does it. Um, comes back and then you know he's got another year to go and his check is not what it should be. And he kind of. Yeah does something that he's really been trying to avoid. He's been calling around because basically trying to outsource his elves who are clearly very good makers of things. Yeah. Um, and, and no one wants his business. So it's all been outsourced to like China and this kind of stuff. But the US military um, does want They're to interested, aren't they? To make kind of weapon systems because, you know, the elves are very good at this kind of stuff. So Chris basically, um, he has to he has to get up and address all the elves and say, you know, thanks for coming back. We'll start Christmas in two months, but we need something first. And it's quite obviously breaking his heart because he's, even though he's announcing it to the elves, there's tears welling in his eyes yeah. about the fact he's got to make weapons now just to keep the lights on. Um, so this is what's happening with Santa. Uh, in the meantime, Billy, uh, the wee boy, has not taken his lump of coal in good spirit. <laughs> no. he's now... Remember, this, this boy is uber wealthy. Yeah. old money and you know he lives with his grandmother his father is absent he lives with his grandmother who you know is completely oblivious to how much of an absolute swine he is yeah, he's terrorizing um, all the other uh, latino help yeah it's it's like it's the worst kind of privilege isn't it yeah um but yeah and um yeah so he can he can he's not happy about this is he he's not happy about this yeah so we so he so hires miller um the assassin um to again i want you to kill santa claus and yeah. again there, there was never a doubt of like well he's not real it's like no okay no. I'll, I'll take that job it'll be hard to find but yeah let's yeah. do it i don't know where he is so again so um miller just begins a traveling um he, he tracks down he goes from postman to postal depot to to just basically tracking down where all these letters are going to and then drives across the country you know through canada into alaska um on a long voyage uh to to try and find where he is at which point again so now the uh the u.s army has moved in on santa's grotto because they're they're keeping security for these um, fighter plane parts they're a bit bemused by the elves um who, yeah. who subsist entirely off sugar <laughs> um, and uh, regular naps 
and regular naps. Yes, naps every like two hours, maybe every eight hours, and and a regular diet of carbohydrate and sugar. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does actually. It keeps them most efficient. That's most yeah. efficient. A nap every twenty minutes, every six hours, or something yeah. like that, isn't it? And so Captain Jacobs, who's the the officer in charge of all this, is a bit bemused, but is is nonetheless appreciative. He goes with of it, work. though, doesn't he? He like he likes the organisation they clearly display yeah. and the fact that and this has got a system. And in fact, Jacobs is a good egg by the end of it because what happens is again Miller kills all the army guards that are around the compound and um, does this entire kind of storming the compound um, and when he's breaking to Santa's workshop to blow it up um, the elves all get away partly because Captain Jacobs is like he's making sure that no elf left behind yeah. and gets yeah, them all out yeah. um, although Jacobs is then killed so all the army guys are dead the elves have fled um, but Chris you know um, get, gets his uh, his mojo back well, we should mention he's already got his his spirit of Christmas back because Ruth has prepared for a little dossier of all the little kids he's helped who've like yes, gone on to fulfill their dreams. Nice so, touch, yeah, yeah it's, it's again he, he's he's at his lowest point now when they able to make yeah. it. But she's got um, like pictures of a a little boy with a with an easy make oven, and then he goes on to be a chef and you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's like you've helped all these kids, and he's, he goes back to Ruth and says, "Thank you, you pulled me out when I needed you." Um, but then. Um, as they're having this nice moment, you know, the compound's under attack. So uh, Chris grabs a couple of handguns and, and squares off with Miller. So there is much there is much fighting. Um, Chris is getting the upper hand, but yes. Miller's kind of got a, a hidden switchblade that he uses yeah. to stab Santa. Um, and then he just shoots him in the head. So they're like, oh, my gosh, Santa's dead. Um, yeah. At which point Miller... No, Miller chases down Ruth, who manages to outwit him and, and kill him dead. Um, and then, of course, the spirit of Christmas never dies because uh, yeah. but Chris, albeit with a missing eye at the moment, um, recovers. He's a bit beaten up. He takes him away. He doesn't heal like the Wolverine, but he's he's not dead. Um, <laughs> and and the final scene is kind of uh, is following back the the path of the assassin all the way to Miller's doorstep. So yeah. oh, sorry, to Billy's doorstep, Billy. He's now trying to cover his tracks from embezzling all his grandma's money by killing his grandma. He's got a, a <laughs> glass of poison. poison. He's got a, rat po- a glass of poisoned milk ready for his grandma. Santa kind of just comes in, chugs the milk back in one and goes, yep, that'll get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> and at which point we should say Santa now has has a patch over one eye That's, and is a yeah. serious mess and is looking very formidable and saying, like, I've, I've let things slide, we see, but I'm going to be more proactive. If yeah. I get the sense you've ever stepped out of line, the fat man has his eye on you. <laughs> so he, leave, he leaves Billy to presumably change his trousers um, yeah. while, while Santa and the elves get back to work. I mean, if, if, if Mel Gibson walked into my house and started, you know, um, threatening me, I'd have, had, I'd have had to change my trousers as well. He's quite an imposing figure, particularly in this. I know he's getting on a bit, but blimey. Well, we, we can come on to that as well, because that's, that's yeah. an interesting thing, too. But that that concludes uh, the tale of Fat Man. That's Fat Man, isn't it? Yeah, that's Fat Man. So uh, we shall take a little break. Um, enjoy our cookies. Everyone enjoys cookies this movie um, do, yeah. with or without milk. And then we shall have a little analysis of it. Welcome back to your listener, the 12 Days of Crombie. We have uh, we have taken full view of the fat man. Um, yeah. But now, what do we think of it? Oh, I suppose, what should, 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 well, should we take on the elephant in the room first? No offence to the uh, weight that Mel Gibson <laughs> go, go on. This is my first post-cancellation Mel Gibson movie. And he was cancelled like in the, the, the late aughts, wasn't he? So um, yeah, he had, like yeah, 50 such. years later. And really? This is the first film you've seen of his since then? Well, I mean, he hasn't worked a lot since then. I, mean, oh, it, it, that, I, I think I think Mel Gibson is a little bit like Nicolas Cage in that he's in a lot of films that go under the radar. But in yeah. every film he's in, he, the film is the, the films are very varying of quality. 
yeah. you know, I don't think he has a filter anymore. He just, yeah. if it's just, you know, it's the Nicolas Cage thing. I'm just going to do a film and I'm going to be Nicolas Cage in it. And that's it. Yeah. So he's a yeah. bit like that now. Yeah. But th- there are some films that he's in that it, he goes for broke a bit and it's re- they're really good. So I can think of two. There's one called um, Bloodfather okay. from a few years back, which is which is very good. And there's one, another one called Dragged Across Concrete, which, <laughs> is, uh, which is which is like a thriller. It's a very violent thriller, but it's really, really good, well-made, yeah. well-structured film. But yeah. he plays to type in both of those. So he plays okay. he plays up this this cancelled it's not it's not they're not films about a cancelled person but they're films about him almost taking a politically um challenging view they're very good films so he does do a lot of films like that um so he's out there but he's certainly not the blockbuster star that he was that's what i mean because in i i haven't seen him not come to the art versus artist but i've not deliberately been avoiding his films they just haven't crossed my path because you gotta imagine like in you know 90s and early noughts he was enormous he was the biggest movie star there was Um, not just a movie star a movie maker yeah well you know lionsgate is his production company or was his production company you know That's impressive. So he, yeah, he was immense. And I think maybe, again, in addition to all the crazy stuff that happened that got him cancelled, I think it was the fact that he was so high up. It wasn't like a you know a random American comic and maybe he got cancelled because he said bad things. It's like mm-hmm. this was one of the titans of Hollywood has had a very yeah, far fall. He did um, have a fall. I, feel, I mean, I, 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 this is one of those this is one of those things where you, you, you kind of go, well, what he did and what he said was unforgivable, but people do have mental health problems, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was it's wondering like, I'm, that too, yeah. Cause it's, I'm, not, like... I'm not saying that, I'm not justifying it, but at the same time, people are human and they can make mistakes and they can mess up can't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did think that was interesting too. I was having a good think about it, partly because also of all the things that have happened since then, some celebrities have done far, far worse and horrible things and yeah. kind of gotten away with it. And it's like, that was the beginning of the the um, the age when he thought, oh, people can't do things and it's just, they can never work again. It's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, people have to, you know, pay their dues for what they did, but yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thing. You're right. Yeah. But even so, this this was in fact quite a revelation to be seeing again an older, again bearded, obviously probably playing Santa Claus. But it was it was quite a shock for me because again, having not seen him at all, um, that there's even a scene in it when Chris says to his wife, "I still got it," and I thought, you know what, he really does. Mel Gibson has still he got does. it. I mean, he is a, a fantastic he, presence. He's, he's a monster, isn't he? Really, yeah. you know, if you yeah. think about it, just his size and his presence in the film. Yeah, is um, yeah, and he he yeah he is he he. He is the film in many ways, isn't he? I just, Absolutely. He looks he was the always, part. Yeah, he was always enjoyable to watch on the, on the yeah. screen. Yeah, he does look the part. He did feel like a, like you say, it's a... It he doesn't, he doesn't a, feel like a Santa Claus. He feels like a proper grizzled farmer yeah. who's got yeah. biceps the size of tree trunks. Yeah. He would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Who's, who's just broken a bit, but he just looks, yeah. he's a hard man. But it did. It, it, I, I quite got into the concept because, as we said, we've seen movies before where, where belief is questioned. In this, it wasn't. But it was. It felt credibly like, what if Santa was in the, in the you know, a, a yeah. tough old outdoorsman in the Arctic, struggling to make ends meet? And I thought, yeah, I can buy that. And then you get snatches of his other personalities. Like there's a, a very early scene in the bar that I thought was a really great touch. Um, that actually said I wish it happened in a, in a different film we've watched. Whereas yeah. again, there's a guy drinking away about to commit adultery with the barmaid, and yeah. he just kind of commences over saying, "Oh, I'd like to buy you a drink." Yeah, the barmaid, you know, she doesn't care about marriage vows. Not like you and me. We're like we're good like that. If you get home, you can time to see your wife and your kids too. You could do that, couldn't yeah. you? And he says, and well, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm the guy that's buying you a drink. I'm, yeah. I'm the guy that's bought you a drink." As if to say, yeah. "Now go." But it's also like, I'm not threatening you. I'm threatening you, but I'm not threatening yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was that kind of like, curmudgeonly, I just want, I just want, you know, to do good. 
but I am I'm doing good with the power of what I've got behind my words. And I thought that's quite a nice touch if you're going to invent Santa in this way. It's like, oh yeah, I can I can buy into that. It was quite a nice moment. Yeah, because although he's although he's he's rugged Santa, he's wild yeah. man outdoors Santa. He's still yeah. Santa, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he's he's still got that kind of Christmas spirit. He's still he's still about giving children hope and dreams and toys as well yeah. um because he knows and, everybody even yeah, the adults yeah, he, he, does, meets, he, he goes oh everybody. i know you you got you got the train set with now you got that yeah kind of exactly yeah, yeah yeah that was so quite cool too. it is yeah it's quite good I, I i do i do agree i think that um mel gibson remains a very charismatic presence in films um the films that he's in you really should search out some of his more more recent films you know some of the ones from the the 2010s and and um and into the 2020s because yeah irrespective of the quality of the film he has presence and his charisma really does often you know pull things through he's he's an interesting one because again in his heyday he was the best wasn't he he was brilliant yeah, I, absolutely. Oh, he was, that, incredible. That's, that's he was he was he was gonna say <laughs> he know? was like the Tom Hanks now, but bigger than Tom Hanks. He's like he was Tom bigger Hanks. than Tom Hanks, bigger than Tom Cruise. He was absolute type. He was it. He was yeah. it. You know, it was it, you know, Mel, Mel Gibson owned cinema in the nineties, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Certainly in the early nineties. I mean, we used to be walking away from the, the Academy Awards, just armfuls of Oscars and yeah. as well. Yeah. It was like well, it was commercial success because well, he was yeah. Co- yeah, commercial and awards-related success as well, and critical yeah. acclaim. Just meant. Yeah. I mean, th- th- I know that this isn't Fat Man, but the film that makes me slightly agog at how successful and big mel gibson became was that he directed a film called apocalypto in 2009 about the yeah yeah exactly and it's one of the most violent films i've ever seen and it's got almost no words in it it's a chase film for effectively two and a half hours in a in a dead language um and it cost like 200 million dollars it made loads of money and you think someone signed the check because mel gibson directed that but it was like he was, you know, he did because um, that was the follow-on from the Passion, wasn't it? When he like yeah, on Aramaic which, which another one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like who does this? <laughs> Mel Gibson does it. Yeah, so I mean, it. it's it's actually remarkable. Yeah, his presence, and again, it's not not every aging actor can maintain that kind of you know screen charisma. But you absolutely all that physique. Was, yeah, he was, he was he was very convincing. Even though he was, yeah, he was fat man. You could tell you could punch him in the stomach. You'd hit nothing but muscle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that I thought, yeah, his, him in the centre of the film and all around the film was really, really good. It was, it was, it's like, okay, you're going to go with this concept. I get it. You don't even have to try and because they didn't even try and really explain it. They just there was talk about the, the the economic stimulus and the government checks and everything, but you kind of knew where he was. Um, and again, when he when he was talking to the elves, he was genuinely cut up. When when Ruth kind of pulled him out of his slump, he was genuinely moved. He was there was real love between him and Ruth, his wife. Um, that didn't need to be explained. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah we yeah, began no. this journey 2000 years ago. And it was like, this is just a thing. Um, so it, it kind of it embedded itself very well in the world and the concept, um, which I thought was weird. I thought the elves were a good touch, too, because they were they were both credible and kind of creepy and also kind of sweet in a way because they were like these, you know, you know, basically just shorter humans, but with very sallow skin and pointy ears. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, when they, 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 they were worried, the, the 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 sergeants are worried about them, aren't they? Because they look they look like they're ill, but they're not. That's just how yeah. they look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you eat nothing but sugar. Of course you will. Yeah. But again, but there's a moment when they when they realise they're taking on a military contract for safety and security. Like they they have to institute measures into the into yeah. Santa's workshop that involves cutting off the bells from their from their their shoes. And I thought that was kind of a harsh one. It's like well, it's gotten very draconian now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
know, jingle bells and the shoes because yeah. they, they no, none of the elves are singing or you know doing happy little song. Even they're, though they're you workers, have, aren't they? Yeah, even in the stables you have, you know, you have Donovan Blitzen and all. You have, yeah, you have yeah, all the yeah. the trappings of, of, and there's even the sleigh, which actually he gets shot at, which yeah. is. Not even because because he, he comes in after doing his Christmas rounds and he you know he, he does what you'd normally imagine in a crime film is you know his wife's sleeping quietly he sneaks to the bathroom lifts his shirt and patches a bullet wound um, which yeah. you think he robbed a bank but um, it turns <laughs> out you know kids. just kids shooting the sleigh yeah. and it's just one of those things that happens because of the job and it's yeah it was uh, so, and also so the, the, the yeah, final thing on. was is um, it's remarkable how if you get it right you can just when you do a movie that's cold, like it's very, very cold in this movie, you yeah, can feel, just, your, yeah, you can feel, feel your cold, joints yeah, ache. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah you, no matter how, how wrapped up everyone is, it doesn't look cosy. It looks cold. <laughs> yeah, it does. Even indoors under a, under a blanket, it looks yeah, cold, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was quite well done too. So what I was going to say was, I think everything you've described about the central premise of the film and the, the Mel Gibson-fronted part of the film works to a certain extent. I, I have some... I have some problems with it and I'll, I'll come on to those, but um, I think in general, the concept of the film is quite an interesting one. It's absurd, I guess, yeah. but it takes itself seriously enough that you can kind of run with it. I think, you know, you can kind of accept that. But I, I think the problem I have is that the, the other two segments of the film or the other two parts of the film, they don't work for me at all. Um, so I, I struggled hugely with the um the hitman story effectively and the precocious um yeah. privilege which, really, which is really one one story with two branches in it that's, it's one story the, with two branches. Yeah, the other it's side one, of it yeah. yeah it's the other side of it yeah and because they are two strands of the story aren't they because they don't yeah. you know they don't come together until the end so no true it, true they are they are two separate stories really and the problem the problem i had with it was in effect first of all i didn't think that the child actor was good in any way shape or form <laughs> i thought he was embarrassingly bad sorry sorry whoever you are um but it was i found it cringeworthy um that the performance of the child really really bad and really stilted and it was poor direction i think in that regard but but you know that happens right and um being a child actor it, 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 sometimes you've just got to, you just have to deal with that i suppose um probably the, the 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 more significant issue i felt was that the Walton Goggins character in effect just the film was just him it was like a road trip just him finding Santa and it took a long time for that strand to get going as well so I think it was about 45 minutes into the film before Goggins is even started really dealing with finding Santa Claus. I think that's just too far in because I know what's going to happen and it just it doesn't get to it. And even when he's on it, nothing really happens, I don't think, or nothing specifically interesting happens. So in, in some respects, the whole film take it, it you know it's not a sh- it's not a long film but it's certainly not a short film either it's about one hour 40 minutes and i'd say for about an hour and 10 minutes an hour and 20 minutes of that it's getting to the point at which um jonathan miller the, the hitman gets to chris kringle right and then everything else around that is establishing the world building 
so you know it's it's the the military have to come in and 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 um, kind of prop up Santa's production. It's getting to know what the elves look like. It's getting to know the lifestyle that Santa has or Fat Man has, and all this kind of stuff, which is interesting in and of itself. But that's not a that's not a film. I don't think there's enough in it for it to be an interesting film. Unfortunately, um, it's a concept. Now, for me personally, I think you've you've probably got you've got three interesting ideas. And one of them, one of the ideas is done reasonably well, but I don't think is is stre it's stretched out too much. The thing that I think that's done interestingly well is Mel Gibson's Chris Kringle as an economic being, right? Yeah. yeah. Rather than a mythical being. I think that's quite a good concept. Um, and the film does a good enough job of establishing the reality. That's so you do kind of believe it, actually, um, which is good. The second concept of the film is the idea that this hitman there's a hitman who would go and find santa claus to kill him right so that's another concept in the film which i think is quite interesting but i think those two things together are too distinct from each other and they don't come together at the end and so i lost a lot of interest what i would have been really interested in with the hitman is if he has some kind of vendetta against a mythical faith-based or legendary creatures so you know after santa claus he's going to get the easter bunny after the easter <laughs> bunny he's going to get the tooth fairy you know he's trying to get a collection of these mythical figures right that's quite that's quite a funny story um but it's obviously that it isn't that you know i'm reviewing a film that that hasn't been made and then the third concept is this idea that the child has access to a paid hitman on payroll and can dictate and tell him what to do which i think is quite an interesting idea because you don't always see that from a child's perspective but that was cat candid actually i think that was really poorly put together there was yeah. no interest in that at all and i disengaged from it so you've got this higgledy piggledy i i'm going to be honest with you a higgledy piggledy mess of lots of different ideas all being pulled together of which only one strand really does justice to the concept the overall concept of the film and even that strand i have to say is not good enough to hold a one hour, 40 minute film, I don't think, uh, unfortunately. And the thing, the thing for me is about halfway through, sorry to say this, you, I was so bored. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't believe that just literally nothing was happening. Literally nothing was happening. It was, Mel Gibson was talking to his wife. I mean, you're basically getting the, you were getting the structure of what, the world building was the whole film yeah. was almost world building. Yeah. And then the only, the only, the only thing that piqued my interest was at the end where they have a, a gunfight, I guess, but that's like one hour and 30 minutes into the film. Everything else was just, Oh, that's an interesting idea, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Well, where's it going? It, you know, it didn't do anything yeah. for me. It didn't go anywhere. That's my problem I have with it. I liked Mel Gibson in this. I think he's really good. I think Walton Goggins is miscast. I don't think it, he works. I've, and I've got a time him for him in... as well. Well, so do I, but I've only seen him in, in more comedic roles, um, as in comedic action roles. He's mm. again, he's he's more sort of the um, the the hapless goon or the 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 antagonist or something rather yeah. than a sinister killer. It, yeah. like, this is the kind of role you'd give to Billy Bob Thornton or someone. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, have them, yeah, have them be terrified. Yeah, yeah, you um, would. But, yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. But um, I'll, and, I'll say, and, and, yeah, sorry, and the, ch the child was poor as well. And one other thing I would say on this, although, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm butting in there, but I've just got to get this. I've just got to get this <laughs> oh, out God, as well. Th there is. This is the kind of film where, in which it presents itself as a bit edgy and um, 
that there's the threat of violence, I guess, really. And th- yeah. to be honest, it isn't really the film isn't really that violent. To be honest, there's there's a there's a the concept of violence is there. And one of the key examples, which which takes me out of the logic of the film, I guess, to a certain extent, is I can believe all of the Santa Claus as an economic unit. I can believe all of that because that's what the film is. But what I can't believe is that there's a child who has access to unlimited money and a and a hitman on a payroll and doesn't use it to kill the science um the science girl at the start right he, he doesn't oh, do anything the punch. yeah exactly yeah they didn't go through with it because in reality he's gone to you, you've built up this issue that you know this child will quite happily kill santa claus quite happily put a hit on santa claus but won't electrocute a girl for beating him in the science competition if he's that if he's that privileged and that up his own ass He'll kill that girl. And in the end, even Walton Goggins says, you know, you can go back home, but you mustn't tell anyone about this. Well, why wouldn't she? Yeah. It's just nonsense. And so that just took me totally out of it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, in terms of uh, you you, uh, justifying this, I'm with you. I agree completely. Uh, Oh, hey, there we go. uh, Sorry, I thought I was was disagreeing with you. You were hedging it. You were like, well, I picked the film. I must be, uh," because I've never seen this either. No, 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 no. No, so I, again, really liked the concept of Santa Claus as, again, a struggling, again, as an economic unit, struggling, having to compromise everything. Because, you know, if you're getting the elves to make military weapons, that's not the Santa yeah, Claus. That's not that, that keeps, Because <laughs> literally the, the, you know, elf number seven, who was his foreman, said, we're doing this to save Christmas. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, even the fact that the elves aren't protesting with it, they, they know it's wrong, but they've got his back. It's quite a sweet moment. So all that, I mean, I, I really liked the world building, but of course the world building isn't a movie. The yeah. thrust of the movie, yeah. the, the the plot comes from the assassin killing Santa Claus, and yeah. that's rubbish. Um, yeah. The whole the whole thing is rubbish. Um, it's rubbish, isn't it? That's why, 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 no, why when I was describing it, I didn't come to that bit yet because yeah, I, that's right, yeah. That, yeah the 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 plot bit, which is, gives the movie its motion, is awful. And this is the, that's the problem. It's like yeah, the hitman is made out to be, or the boy is meant to be, out to be a moral beer, right? He he's he's not very. He's not. He's not entertainingly amoral. Um, no, no, he and, isn't. And, is he? and it's. No, it's, he's, it's, he's not yeah. Hans Gruber. No, but is it is also a, a a different kind of movie where he has access to an assassin compared to the you know Chris Kringle struggling in the north. These are two different types of realities. Both are not yeah, they real, are. but both mm-hmm. are, don't belong in the same world. And yeah. again, the the again Walter Goggin was again. He's he's a good enough actor. Again, I've got time for him too. But it was a very boring hitman. He'd go around and he'd, he would just kill people he came in the way of. There was there was no morality or choice to it. He just you know, he'd talk to someone, he'd kill them. He'd talk to someone else, he'd kill them too. And um, then they ran, and, it was random as well. So it's suddenly there's, there's a scene where he buys a hamster in a pet shop. And, yeah. the, and, and it gets, it's such an... Un, un, look, I appreciate that it's a film in which Santa Claus is an economic unit and a child has access to a hitman on payroll. So both of those things are unbelievable. Yeah. But the most unbelievable thing is that in this pet shop, he wants a hamster and the woman says, you'll want a snake. You really want a snake. And he tells her to f off in the end and i'm thinking yeah. why is that even in the film it's such That's a thing. Cack, it felt like, it's such a cack-handed script it felt <laughs> like it was a lot of filler um because yeah. because they've got this a concept which could be wrapped up in maybe half an hour um and they're just trying to stretch it out to a movie length thing to get to a gunfight yeah, between exactly. the assassin and santa and yeah it's it's the, the the baseline concept is good the story they decided to put into that concept isn't and there is a story there if the fact that because yeah, initially yeah. <laughs> you know the movie starts with chris driving into town we don't know the santa yet but he's kind of he's hearing the radio you know all these terrible things that kids are doing you know actual yeah. real life things not yeah. not hiring hitmen but like you know dropping bowling balls off off, yeah. off yeah. roads which apparently does happen um 
And he's, he's, he's all despairing. The reason he's despairing is not just for the loss of innocence, but because he knows that he's got to give these kids coal. So it's gonna, actually going to cut into his business. So the yeah. idea that Santa then chooses to take a more active participation, as he says, and go around frightening people. Because if that had ended, not with this side plot of him frightening young um, Jonathan Miller, but actually um, yeah, that, well, that's him, a cool him, idea. yeah. Yeah. yeah, a montage of him going to every naughty kid, looking terrifying, and saying, <laughs> yeah. "Santa's changed the rules now." Yeah. That would be—that's oh, a good that, story. It is a good story, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, uh, yeah, you've hit—you've hit the nail on the head. But there's a there's this there's a nugget in here, isn't there? <laughs> oh, um, I think it's a great nugget. The, the, the compromise yeah. he has to make, the fact he yeah. you know he's pushed and pushed, and then he you know he decides I'll push no further. All that is a great because again, the idea that it all comes down to money in the end and, and output yeah. and product—that's yeah. all good. But that's maybe. 30 minutes of interesting um well i think it, and that's the thing it, 40. It, well it, in in terms of screen time of the of that yeah. story it probably is about 30 to 40 minutes isn't it yeah yeah because the, the I, other I, half I could, an hour could, is, yeah. is is the is the is the um is the hitman story and they did they do like they show the hitman in his training sessions they show him getting yeah, by the hamster they show him eating a driving yeah they eat, yeah they do so much and it's like where do you think the interesting part of this movie is because <laughs> it's because it's not the assassin no, it, it really isn't. It isn't the assassin at all. Um, I mean, uh, the one thing I do. So my I, assumption I like, is I like... they had they had limited mail time, and they had to get Walton Goggins to fill as much as possible to make up the, make up the slack because that's the only explanation sh- for yeah, it. Yeah, possibly. I think it's a shame though because I, 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 you know, Walton Goggins is the best thing about the Shield. I think yeah. the 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 TV program. He's also great in. Um, the Hateful Eight as well, I think. Okay. He's really good in that. And it's, you know, lots of things I've seen him in that I've thought, oh yeah, he's good. Um, but in this, it, it just doesn't work. But there's, um, the, the, the one thing I do have a little bit of a problem with, with the actual Chris Kringle story is this yeah. idea that, um, this idea that everything was better or children were better behaved back in the day. Like society now, is it's broken it's so bad yeah. and i i kind of think well that's that's such a subject i know and again i know it's a film about santa claus right but that's such a that's putting such a particular slant that's a political decision isn't it in some regard so you know you, I, I don't think are you really telling me that children in the 50s and 60s were any better or worse than they are now they're just different right yeah they're just different there's no better or worse i i, I bet you know when when Americans owned slaves, yeah, the children wouldn't, you know, they were great then, weren't they? They were fantastic about how they, you know, related to the slaves. It's all, it's all rubbish, isn't it? It's, it, there is no good or bad. It's just society moves and it changes. So deal with that question. What, no, what... but I, th- I think in, in, in defense of that is it's not uncommon for a Santa Claus movie, including Santa Claus, the movie for Santa <laughs> at some point to go. Maybe the world's changed. Maybe there's no place for me anymore. It, no, the whole point I, oh, of I, no, I agree. Back. Yes, which is why, I, why yes. when you think of Christmas movies, you think of 50s America or 1900s London. It's like there's always yeah, a better yeah, time true. when there was a better but, Christmas. But here's my point. I, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, Hugh, at all. And I think actually one of the fundamental principles of the genre is to have the question of belief and what Santa Claus is and what he stands for and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But in, in Santa Claus, the movie, it's not about whether children are good or bad. It's about what Christmas is that has changed. So it's about the fact that it's, you know, heavily commercialized. It's not about the traditional toy making processes and all this kind of stuff that does, it doesn't make judgment on, 
on the youth of the day necessarily. I just think it's. I think well, it's. Do you know what? Do you know be interesting? It's cheap. Just, it's cheap. Well, I've I've seen one thing actually. Um, <clears throat> where they've taken a newspaper article saying, you know, um, kids today have it easy, la 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 la, and mm. they go back ten years and saying, well, kids today have it easy, la la la, yeah, and you yeah. can go back to like I don't know seventeen fifty, and they go like, you kids have it easy today, <laughs> what with <laughs> their quills and and all yeah. and it's like, yeah. But but I'd, I'd, what if what if then this is here's a, yeah, here we're on the film me what if again fat man decided he was going to apply different rules to good, naughty or nice to the the book well, so, yes. the fact, so he yeah. says I'm changing the rules now and in fact you you know you might be you know a bit of a mean kid but you also you know have a good heart or you've also yeah you you might have a rough upbringing but because you know you you had yeah. you had no uh, you know you watched violent movies as a it's, kid it's like value like added isn't it, it yeah you exactly it's it's given the context of your environment. Yeah. How good I? Because you know, if you've got a billion pounds and you donate ten thousand pounds, you're a bit of a Scrooge, aren't you? But yeah. if you donate everything you've got and what you've got is twenty quid, you're a saint. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the, the TV show The Good Place, where they um, it's, it's basically about the afterlife, whether you go to heaven or hell. And there's a great mm-hmm. scene in where they work out that actually, why is no one getting into heaven? It's like because the rules were set 1800 you know, years ago, and in fact, you can't even buy a bunch of roses without the carbon footprint and the oh, excess yeah. of things. And you, you do anything in modern life, and you've inherently done ill, evil. So no one yeah. gets into heaven. It's like yeah, it's, yeah. That, and so yeah, I I agree that that would be a much better idea. I just think I just think that the way that the story is presented in that context, he feels dispirited yeah because children are far worse now than they were at some indefined or ill-defined period previously but what he doesn't seem to be that bothered about is taking the money from the military (laughs) to make weapons i know that he has to do it but he's part of the problem yeah right i mean you can't have it both ways i'm sorry chris but again, I'll, I'll say this. This is because, again, I've, I've been deprived of Mel Gibson since uh, 2008 and you haven't. I think, again, just just to see him on screen, you know, quietly uh, yeah, despairing yeah. and raging against the, the passage of time and all that kind of stuff. That would that itself was like a special effect. That was a treat. He, uh, you, I think you've described him quite well there. He is a special effect, isn't he? <laughs> he is really. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I quite I quite like the fact that he's not around as much now. I mean, I know that I've said I've seen, you know, a fair few films of his, but yeah. again, they're not. They're not. They don't. They don't. Um, they don't pester the the box office, right? Yeah. Um, and they are more idiosyncratic, and some of them are terrible and all that kind of stuff. But it's just quite. Yeah, Mel Gibson is. It's a shame because he's ah, he's a special effect. He's got great charisma and presence on screen, and um, even even though I think generally this film is a bit of a mess and doesn't work, it's still it's still got him in it, and when he is on screen. It's worth watching, yeah. But only when he's on screen, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. I mean, this this film was made for twenty million dollars, and um, it took one point seven million at the box office. So you know, bit of a failure yeah. there, really. Massive, massive failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, yeah. partly because all the reasons we've outlined, also because it didn't. Like, you know, is it selling itself as you know, Santa Claus has a couple of six shooters, and it's that kind of movie, but it's not that movie yeah. at all. You know, is it? No, it isn't. So no, it's so, sold like yeah. that. The poster is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like oh, um, Santa it, isn't Santa's getting for you, but it's not that yeah. at all. So, yeah, it was. It's um, even the name Fat Man, you know, it's it's. Yeah, it's it's it was missold, but also it was a bit of a mess in itself. So yeah, yeah. what can you do? I, it reminded me. I, I wondered whether um, this was the film that um, Bill Murray commissioned in Scrooged. Uh, you know, the film at the, at the start. <laughs> the night the reindeer died. I, <laughs> it's no, I was thinking like that, of that too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what this film could have been um, if it was a bit better. But there oh, we go. If Lee Majors had come in on a snowplow, I'd love that. <laughs>
Very good. Well, there we are. That's that. Fat Man, is it? I mean, what That's else is there man. to say about Fat Man? Nothing more. We shall uh, so we shall uh, stuff down our last helping of of. Uh, cake covered in sprinkles and extra donuts <laughs> uh, as we always do and then we shall uh, give it its scores and Christmassy rating Welcome back dear listener, we are fully locked and loaded to uh, to let rip onto the movie that is Fat Man James, would you like to open the proceedings and put one on the back of its neck? Oh, um, this is a hard one to to score. I mean, no, in some respects, it's not a hard one to score. It's not going to get a good score from me. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's I, I don't think it's very good. I think it actually the, the worst thing about it is it, it probably wastes what is quite a good central concept, to be honest. I think the filmmakers probably have they have more. They, I think they think too highly of the film in some respects. I don't know. It just no, nothing really was that great about it. But it does have Mel Gibson in it in good Mel Gibson form and I suppose that the thing for me is a bad film with Mel Gibson in it can't be all bad so I'm going to give it two disembodied Crombie heads I think it's a low two I have to say but two nevertheless how Christmassy is this um I mean despite everything it's quite Christmassy um I mean it's it's bizarre how much like Father Christmas Mel Gibson can look to, to be honest I mean and, and also if if I was a if I was a single woman and um this Santa Claus turned up on my doorstep I'd be pretty happy with that um anyway that's a different story isn't it I don't know is it how Christmassy is it Pfft. in sentiment I don't think it's a great Christmas film but it looks cold and snowy so I'm going to give it three three disembodied Christmas heads <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I can't remember what we say now anyway <laughs> Ooh, for myself, I'm quite torn because I was I was gonna give it two out of five for for quality because I think that two fifths of the film are is quality and the rest isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because it's I don't think it's a three. It'd be too much to give it a three, but it's I think it's a high two for me because I just really enjoyed the conceit and the the mm. premise of the movie, and I wish really loved it. I would loved it if they'd built on that and if they'd had the courage to do that rather than a fairly pedestrian assassin plot, which you've mm. seen a hundred times before. I hadn't seen this Chris Kringle before and this world before, and I could have happily watched you know an hour forty if it had a decent story behind it. Um, you could say that about anything, couldn't you? <laughs> well, I'd happily watch a one hour forty film that was one hour forty minute film that was good. <laughs> no, but not, not, not every film has a good foundation some films are no, I mess, suppose, yeah. no matter yeah. what story you put on top of it <laughs> yeah, um, you, could, you could put Citizen Kane plot on top of Mamma Mia it's not going to be a good movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um, fair enough so yeah, it's going to be a high 2 out of 5 for me and in Christmassy oh, yes. I don't know it's, I, think it, I think it does quite well for Christmassy I'm going to give it a 4 I think the, the look and the feeling and the, and the kind of the, it's cynical Christmas but cynical but perfectly realised I think um, <laughs> and, so yeah, Christmas is nothing if not cynical <laughs> well cynical commercial again this is the most um, tapped into the commercialization of Christmas Santa Claus yes. is literally on the payroll yeah um, he is in a year so I'm going to give that a four out of five for me four, four, four Santa hats and two disembodied crombie heads very good there we go well it's yeah. disappointing isn't it really I had higher hopes for fat man but there we go I oh, really I had no hopes at all so maybe I, I went at a different level yeah maybe 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 that's my I was a low two no, there we go but with that, we, uh, we shall leave you. At least it's not the worst we've ever seen. Is there? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's but, true. But with that, we're, we're almost the home stretch. So we shall bid you uh, adieu, let you tear off the last few advent calendars, and wish you a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening, all. Mom.
There is, there is that rash of prequels at the moment. Well, not at the moment, for, for like if since Maleficent or whatever, to show you know this yeah. is how it became. Because there's like the great and terrible, powerful Oz. There was. Oh, that I saw was awful. St- that was. It was. Yeah. I saw strangest thing um, on TV. Is that uh, it's a TV series, I think, and they're basically it's the Pink Ladies, but before Greece. <laughs> and that sounds awful. <laughs> it, it, it gets it gets worse because um, because this is made in 2023 or 24. Um, yeah. Obviously, the pink ladies are quite diverse. You know, they they yeah. all ethnicities represented. Oh yeah, which implies that by the time of Greece, the pink ladies became more racist. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's your narrative. Yeah. It's, it's like they were they were they were very inclusive. They were very narrative, but no, by the time that only white pink ladies were allowed, literally pink <laughs> ladies. Well, that's, that's what they call the pink story. ladies. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean we're not called the rainbow it's ladies, the, are it's we? The hidden, it's the hidden races that they call the pink ladies. That's why. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. I'm tempted to watch that now. 